everybody and welcome to another episode of my edtech life i am your host fons mendoza and i want to thank each and every single one of you for joining us on this wednesday evening it's happy christmas eve eve all right so i just thought i'd throw that in there for all my friends uh friends <laughs> so anyway i'm just really excited that you guys are joining us today we've got an amazing show as usual, we always bring in just some amazing, amazing educators. And today and tonight, I should say, is definitely no exception as we have my great friend, Pili Hernandez, here joining us all the way from Monterrey, Mexico. And she's going to be sharing her personal journey in education. I mean, oftentimes, you know, our initial paths into education may not be let's say, I guess, the the most traditional, I guess, maybe going into College of Education and then going and jumping right into being a teacher or administrator. Oftentimes, you know, life gives us a curveball there and we kind of have to change paths. And today, Billy's going to share her story. And it's just amazing to hear what she has gone through and the experiences that she ha has had that have helped mold her into an amazing educator. And not only that, but also a Google innovator. So, Pili, thank you so much for being here and joining us tonight on My EdTech Live. How are you doing this evening? Oh, I'm finally relaxing <laughs> on vacation. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's good. That's good. I'm, I'm just glad, like I said, I, we had a, a wonderful talk right now prior to the show, and I'm just really excited to hear your story and just to share with the world. So Billy, just uh, tell us a, just a, a little intro just for all our audience members, just so they can kind of get to know you a little bit more. I know I, I just told everybody you do reside in Monterrey, Mexico. Can you tell us a little bit more uh, just about yourself? You know, get let, let's get to know Billy Hernandez. <laughs> okay, so first thing that you should know is I'd never say my age. <laughs> <laughs> I've been stuck at 29 for some time now. I'm going to continue like that. Uh, that goes after Fran Drescher, if you remember the nanny. She used to say that. And so I took that up when I was like in, <laughs> like in middle school or so. <laughs> uh, so uh, my name is Pilar Hernandez. Like Fon said, I live in Monterrey, Mexico. I've, been, I've lived here uh, all my life. I was born in this city. And well, although it's a metropolitan area and I actually live in one of the municipalities that is outside of it, it's kind of like you say Monterrey. And I, I am married. I have one kid. I've been married for almost 15 years. I have a five-year-old who is probably at some point going to be heard in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I am the youngest of a big family. We were six siblings. I have four sisters and a brother. So if any of them are watching, hi. Um, and, and my mom passed away about six years ago. So that's a little bit personal about me. <laughs> I've been a teacher for 13 years now, I think, since 2007. And and I've been loving it since, since I started doing it. Oh, that is awesome. Well, that's great. I mean, you and I probably, have, well, at least uh, it, teacher experience, you know, probably about the same also, you know, I'm at 15 years, you know, 11 years in the classroom. And so... It definitely we we're, we've got that experience there but uh like you said now it's been 13 years in the classroom so i just really want to ask you now i know you know today you're going to share some uh, just a, an amazing story with us and so education really wasn't your first choice it really wasn't on your radar can you tell us a little bit about what maybe growing up and you know going through your formal education what did you have in mind as far as what you thought you'd be doing to be honest, uh, uh, it's, it's so funny. Every time anybody would ask me, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And, you know, like kids say, um, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a nurse. And I would say, I want to be rich. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. 
which is not on the path that I am right now, because as a teacher, you're definitely never going to be rich. Uh, but yeah, that's what I used to say. And my mom was a very strict lady, super strict. And so uh, school was super important. So when, uh, as you're growing up and you see like, I was the youngest, like I said, and I am still <laughs> the youngest. I would see my sisters and my brother like going into their own journeys. And I kept thinking like, what is it that I should do? Like, what should I study? What should I become? And it's always been uh, for us, at least these older generations, you know, because right now it's so different for the kids. But for me, it was like, you have to uh, do the school, graduate from college, get a job, get married, get, like do the kids, etc. So that was kind of like the path that I had in my mind. What I didn't uh, know or what I wasn't sure about is like, what is it that I wanted to, to study? So what is it that I wanted to work with? Now, you know, like later on. And um, I was a good student because my mom was like, you have to do this. <laughs> you have to do it right. She'd be like, if you're going to do something, you have to do it right. So she's the person who I can say um, was uh, the one that made me a responsible person. Like I wouldn't be like this naturally. Um, I tended to be lazy. I think I still am. <laughs> <laughs> and so my mom would be the one behind, like you have to do the homework, you have to do this, you have to do that. She should be like the one, the one pushing forward, like pushing me forward and so I never really decided like what like as I was going through school until I got to high school I wasn't really sure what I was good at because I was getting good grades in pretty much everything but I wasn't sure if I liked those things until in high school <laughs> Mel says that she cannot imagine me as lazy no Mel <laughs> that's a good impression you have of me <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I remember I had a, like super cool teachers, uh, chemistry teachers, and they were so good and so inspiring, especially the last one that a lot of us of the generation that was with me in high school, a lot of us went to the chemistry school in different careers and, and, and things, but a lot of us were inspired by those teachers. So it's a powerful thing to to say like i went to study chemistry because of that person you know and and so i went and studied that because i was in between like should i go for medicine like be a doctor or should i study something that won't take that much time and my parents were struggling financially so i had to make a decision like if i study for 10 years which is more or less what medical school requires my parents are going to have to pay for me and that's not fair. So I decided onto something that was similar because it, it involved health and it involved science. And so I went for that career that it's very unique in Mexico that is called Chimico Farmaceutico Biologo. So you're basically a pharmacist and a biochemist. And my, my goal, like my dream goal was to become a scientist to like work on vaccines which is funny with like covid right but <laughs> i wanted to be like who discovers a cure for for aids which has been like you know part of our growing up no 80s and 90s and that's how i ended up studying that but uh things change along the way so okay. i'm not as a scientist but i have friends who are actual scientists and it it like it excites me to see like when they post on social media what they're doing and the conferences and keynotes that they're giving on their research and I'm like oh, they're doing it. No, <laughs> but, that's but I find where I am and one of the best things that I've gotten uh, of being a teacher since I teach kids like in their teen years and I've been doing this for 13 uh, several of my generations that I graduated from junior high are already graduated from college. And so some of them are graduated from like uh, a chemistry degree. And they tell wow. me like they started that because they liked it when I was their teacher. So it's kind of like a cycle of like when the teacher inspired me that I was able to inspire others. It's like such 
blessing and a satisfaction that I don't think I would get at any other job. Oh, no, I agree with you. I definitely agree with you on Pili. And, and touching on that, I kind of wanted to go back a little bit, uh, talking about those teachers that inspired you. And I know that there are teachers that definitely do that. And I can even remember, and it's it's not, I guess, weird, but maybe coincidence. That my One of the teachers that inspired me in junior high was my biology teacher that, you know, I wanted to pursue a career, you know, possibly, you know, going into the medical field. But then, of course, I went into the mentality of going into college of, hey, I want to be rich, so I'll just go into business. But then I ended up in education. But go, but going back to that, though, the impact that a single teacher can have on you, you know, at, at a young age. So let's go back to, to Pili in school with the chemistry teachers. What was it in particular that the teachers, you know, did or maybe in their teaching style that inspired you to really consider and say, you know what, I, I, this is it. Like I, I have just found my niche, maybe going into chemistry or, or into that medical field. Cause like you said, uh, you know, teachers are, it's a, it's a power, you know, to be able to uh, help, uh, you know, not only educate the students, but to inspire them. What, what inspired you about them? Well, one of them, I remember their names, you know, I don't remember the names of most of my teachers. I just remember, or last names of most of them, but I remember those that were like super impactful, you know? So I remember this one teacher, he was an engineer. I don't even know if he's still alive. His name was um, Juan Manuel Valadez. He was a high school teacher. He taught uh, inorganic chemistry. And I remember that he would explain things in a way that because I've heard that chemistry was so difficult and everything, he would explain it in a way that my mind would be like, click, you know, like it would click so fast. I'll be like, that's so easy. He says it in a way that is too easy. And the the year after, the last chemistry teacher I had was Pablo Ibarra, who coincidentally was, I think, uh, related to a classmate I had before. So he was kind of like family of somebody I knew. And this guy, uh, he was an uh, organic chemistry teacher. He would make the class not only so easy to understand, he would he would bring props. I remember him explaining like carbon bonds, how carbon has like four electrons and they have to make four bonds, you know, when you do like the lines around the sea. And he would bring the, the balloons to represent those things and to show us how they arrange in three dimensions and so on. And I remember that he made it like so interesting and so easy that it made me want to know more. And I think that's like the key, no? Like you just plant the seed and, and you want to see the learning grow. And that's what I thought he did for me. Like, I think that's what he did for me. And not for me alone, because like I said, like several of us in the same generation ended up studying something related somehow to chemistry, like a big bunch of people that were not everybody in the school was his student, but of the ones that we were his students, a big proportion went and studied that. So I think it was a huge impact that he made. Wow, that is awesome. And and I like what you said there, you know, he planted that seed, you know, he he was a captivating um, teacher. The way he engaged students is just really breaking down those difficult concepts into concepts that are a lot easier, maybe bite-sized concepts that really build up to the bigger picture and, and getting that understanding. And I think that's something that is very important. And even now, you know, I know we're doing remote learning and or different types of learning that, that are going on. You know, we, we still need to remember that that's something that is very important to be able to break down those lessons and give those little bite-sized chunks that are easy to digest. And all of a sudden, like you said, everything will kind of just click or you'll get that aha moment. Students will make those connections. Maybe like you, you had that aha moment where everything was just connecting and the light bulb went off and then that interest grew, that passion grew. And now you're like, Hey, like this is something that that I'm good at. You know, this is something that I understand. But because of what that teacher did and how they presented it, really made an impact. So 
that's awesome. That is really great. And like Mel stated earlier, uh, you know, right here, she posted a comment, you know, teachers that are super easy to understand, you know, it's nice. They're super engaging, you know, creative teachers. And, you know, even now, you know, you, we don't have to lose our creativity in the way that we're teaching, you know, it may be different. We may not be face to face, but now there are so many tech tools that create that engagement and captivate students and engage them. So, I mean, that's something that is, that's very interesting. So that's, that's awesome. Now let's talk a little bit here. Like you said, you know, you, you were planning on doing uh, this career path, going into medical school. Uh, obviously you're like, okay, you know, being rich isn't that easy, you know? So now I'm choosing my career, you know, chemistry, I'm falling in love with it. And now, you know, once you, you received your degree, can you tell us what your formal degree is or your license? Well, the situation is that while I was in the first year uh -huh. of college, I started to get like physical pain that I didn't understand. And I ended up like in bed with a lot of pain and some fevers and I wasn't feeling well. So uh, mm -hmm. my mom took me to an infinite number of doctors until I got diagnosed with arthritis. And this arthritis was like super debilitating. I lost in, in I lost a lot of weight and strength. And sometimes some days I couldn't move my, my, my hands, my arms. Uh, there were there were days in which my mom had to do my hair because I couldn't lift my my wow. my arms above like this much, and and the only thing that kept me going was that I was going to school. Like that responsibility was kind of like the only way that I would get up in the morning, and I had to start thinking like how is this going to change my life? If this is something because the first thing that they tell you is like this is an autoimmune disease, you're gonna have to live with it, and don't worry, it eventually starts with like remission like it starts to subside but it took about three years for that to happen i was close to graduating when it started to subside with um with one of the medicines that they gave me and and in the meantime i had to make decisions like uh, what is going to be your your choices as you study because that one career that i was in the last semester you had to decide on like four different areas that you wanted to sort of specialize in it wasn't really a specialty but it was like a specific classes that you would take so you would go into that area when working so um i went for pharmacy because i thought that that one would be like the easiest one in terms of like classes were easier i didn't have to move that much i was already worked like i needed a cane to walk wow. um yeah, I was not doing very well. So I decided on that. And and once that semester started, they changed my medications and I started to get better. And I was like, damn, <laughs> I can't change my mind now. And I had lost all this time that my, my friends that are already scientists right now, they had already invested a couple of years in like making connections with, with, with current scientists of the city. And they were already like helping out in labs, getting prepared, you could say, or groomed to study their masters right there as soon as we would graduate. And I was behind that. So I couldn't really catch up to that. Well, <laughs> and, and then, well, I had to make like decisions, like what is it that I want to do? What am I going to be able to do considering my situation? And so I decided on pharmacy and I did like the low key, kind of end of semester, I graduated. I started looking for a job. It took me about four months after I graduated to get my first um, pharmacy job because the first job that I got was in a lab and it was my first job ever. And that lab was um, a chemical components or something I had to, like it was in quality lab, something like that. I would do like certain technical processes that were like super easy that I didn't need a degree to do them. And so the pay was not that great. And I lasted there only like three months. And then, and then I had to wait like for four months to get a job. And I got a job as a, as a person in a pharmacy, which was assistant manager was a position. But basically, I, it, it had very little to do with what I studied. 
because in Mexico, pharmacies are not like in the US or any other places where the chemist is the one that delivers the medicines and gives the dose and everything. It's not like that. Like you're just a salesperson. So I was the assistant manager in that one store for about a year and a half. And then I moved on to a supermarket chain that I don't think I should mention brands, but it starts with a W, very famous. <laughs> <laughs> and I was the head of the department of pharmacy there. And the only, th the only reason why they hire you is not because of your knowledge of medicines, but because of your degree, because it is needed to have a chemist degree uh, to run a pharmacy. And you need to like sign the books and be, you know, like legally the person in charge. And so I worked, I worked there for again, less than a year or something like that. And then I got a job as a sales representative, which is not what I wanted to do, but it kind of paid supposedly better. I, I, I think that all those years of, of sales, you could say, helped a lot with me developing like people skills because I was not a people person, <laughs> <laughs> especially with the arthritis that had kind of locked me into this. I felt sorry for myself all the time. And I was like depressed most of the time because the pain doesn't let you be happy. You know, happiness is fleeting as it is. And then imagine uh, with chronic pain is even like harder. So um, these, these jobs, while I was doing okay physically, uh, it got me to make personal connections with, with like people. Uh, when I was in the store with the customers and I was in a particular store where the customers were like kind of the neighbors. So you get to know them. And when I was in the, the big chain, like to treat so many different kinds of people and leave, always leave them uh, happy at the end because customer is always right, you know? And, and they should go and happy so they can come back and buy more. And it, when I was a sales representative to deal with difficult doctors that wouldn't want to receive you. So I think that that process, those jobs were not of my interest at all, but they did help me become later on the person that was able to stand up in front of a group of 20 something, 30 kids and be like, I'm in charge. <laughs> There we go. I like that. So, yeah. So I, I think, you know, like you said, I absolutely agree with you. I think that, you know, even though you went down this path and you had all those experiences, I mean, it was really, you were being equipped for what now you're doing and now you become so well at doing. So let's talk a little bit about how you went into your first job, because this, this was a great and interesting story that I got to learn. And I know that our audience members will definitely love to hear this story. So tell us about that, that, you know, going, in, going into education, what, what made you go in, down that path? So I, I actually got fired from the job of being a representative because, um, because I had a person in the, this, this is going to sound bad, I think, but this, uh, there was this one uh, colleague there that, I don't know why they didn't like me, <laughs> but okay, we're all entitled to not like somebody. So he started to feed lies to our boss who had to be in between two cities. So he said that I would go home and, you know, take a break and not work and whatever. And so I got fired and I didn't want to work like that anymore. Although doctors were like pointing me to, you should you should sell that same stuff and because you're a chemist you can just go and with the competition get them done and i'll buy them from you because i like you i don't i don't i don't care from where it comes you can you sell me the product and i'll buy it that's what um that's what these these doctors were telling me it was so funny i really really adored those connections to be honest um so well i was deciding whether i should or not uh, continue doing that. And I kept looking at the newspaper for like jobs back when we still looked at newspapers <laughs> <laughs> and, and I kept looking at some ads that said like, uh, science teacher wanted science teacher wanted in different parts. And I said, what if I, 
what if I were to teach? I told my husband, I remember. We were like recently married. He's like, well, if you think you can do it. Like, well, people say that I'm good at explaining. I remember. They would ask me to explain them class to them sometimes. And they would say that I was good. So maybe, maybe I can try. I don't know. Maybe they'll just laugh in my face and say, no, you're not a teacher, bye. <laughs> and so I got, uh, I got into phone calls with different schools. And most of them just wanted like um, an hourly rated teacher, which is like minimum wage or less. And so I didn't even go to those interviews. But there was one private school that wasn't very far from where I lived um, that said, well, you can come in and we'll talk. And I went in and they were like, we love that you speak English so well because our school is bilingual and you have to teach in English. And the only thing is that since you don't have experience, we would like you to give us uh, a small class, like a, like a sample class. Here's the book, pick whatever topic you want. You have 10 minutes to prepare. And they left me in like a classroom and they gave me like 10 to 15 minutes and I was like, hmm, what should it be? I, I think it was a chemistry book or physical science or something like that. And I went with like, hmm, look at that, explaining bonds. Okay. So they came in, they were like, later on I found out who they were because at the moment I didn't know. It was like the principal of the school, one of the owners, uh, the one that was going to be my direct uh, boss. And I think the person was interviewing me and uh and a teacher that later on became my friend. There were like five adults. They're all sitting there just looking at me and I felt a bit intimidated, but I was like, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> and then I grab a marker and I was like, well, see the atoms are like, uh, like people. I always say that I even do that same thing with my kids. Atoms are like people. And sometimes atoms need other atoms so they can be complete. And then I started explaining them and they were like, fascinated with the explanation I think it lasted like five minutes and they're like you explain so good yes you're right <laughs> and I'm like all right I got a job and and yeah so the, I remember they they hired me probably during the summer I don't remember the exact dates on that job and they gave us some that kind of school is one that has a lot of rotation so every year they have to have like meetings with all the new teachers and dynamics to everybody get to know each other. And, and they kind of give you like certain type of training to begin with. And they gave us a training for those who were professionals that were turning to teaching like I was. They gave us a workshop that lasted for months. Um, we had to stay like once every two weeks or something like that in the afternoons. And we would have these workshops where they would tell us things that people who study um, to become teachers know from their school <laughs> that didn't uh, would be like, wow, like didactics, like, wow, um, you, you learn about constructivism and stuff like that that you've never heard before. And so, yeah, it was cool. They, they, they kind of shaped us into being teachers and I lasted in that job like one year because I had I had a, a behavioral situation with a kid and that kind of school, like I said, has a lot of rotation because if the parents go and say, I want that teacher fired because I don't like the way that it spoke to my child or something like that, uh, they fire you. So they didn't fire me. They waited until the end of the year to tell me that they were not renewing my contract. <laughs> But I had already been told beforehand. So I had spent um, months looking for a job. And before the year was over, I already had a new job at the school that I'm at right now. I've been in the same school after that first job for 12 years. So I think I improved a little bit. <laughs> there you go. And I think that's great. You know, Pili, some along these lines and everything that you're talking to me, it just seems like just a wonderful story and a journey of, how you went, like we said, you know, stated earlier, you know, we all start with maybe that one career choice, that one career path, but somewhere along the line, you know, those paths change, but it just seemed like everything just kind of has fallen into place, which is, you said, it's a huge blessing because 
you know, starting from your chemistry teachers that inspired you and engaged you in such a way that, you know, that's what you wanted to follow. You wanted to pursue a career in that. And then, of course, you know, like you told us, you uh, felt you felt ill, you know, and it, it was a struggle then going into, you know, being an educator and, and well, actually all the experiences that you had in customer service, which was uh, very interesting because like you said, you know, I'm not a very, uh, a people person, but yeah, I, I would have never guessed that from the first moment that I met you and up until now. And I think even our audience members that are here, like uh, Mel, well, welcome Mel, Shannon, Abbott, um, and your sister, she's even here, you know, I, you know, we probably would have been like, no, there's no way that Pili is definitely not a social butterfly or, you know, person that is, uh, you know, very, very, uh, you know, just very so or likes to socialize. So that sales experience. And then I, I thought that it was very interesting how you really had to sell yourself as a teacher. You had a five minute pitch that you had to go in and all that customer service experience plus the knowledge of remembering the way that your teachers taught and the way that that's helped you in explaining things in such a way and, and all the practice that you had, because I'm sure that as, you know, people that were coming to the pharmacy, you would have to, you know, kind of take something complex that maybe the doctors would give them their prescription and maybe break it down and explain things and letting them know like, well, this medicine is going to do this and so on. Yeah, and then I now. That was a, one of the very few things that I actually liked of those jobs that I would get to explain to them, like how to take their medicines, things that I actually did learn in school, you know? Yeah. And so yeah. I think that that right there is definitely an example of PD, because like you said, you know, even though the, the school, the private school that hired you, you know, they pretty much had you on PD, you know, you'd go to visit every two weeks to actually learn those things that somebody would go through in the college of education, or if you were going into that career that you'd learn, and they invested that time in you and build you build up that skill set that now you can tie into that customer service experience. And you know, now you're selling your subject to your students. You you have to know who your students are. You have to know their needs, their wants in order to be able to sell your subject to them. And now 13 years later, you're still going strong and and you're you're teaching. And I think that that's such an amazing, amazing story there. <laughs> I eventually did end up studying a master's degree in education. Uh, so because I did want to, I've always wanted to get better in one of the things that when you become a teacher, learn that is super important is the continue to learn. You know, as uh, usually as a regular person that that just you know graduates and does it their job and their job is something related to business. Not everybody has that mindset of like we should continue to learn. A lot of people are just they're set in their ways and they like it like that. And maybe they do learn things along the way, but not with the purpose of learning. And one of the things that I started to to want was to improve as a teacher. I wanted to get better. And so I, I did go and do my master's. I did not get my diploma because you have to pay for it. <laughs> and I didn't pay. <laughs> I think I, I can still go and get some credits and then finally like graduate officially. But I did do the whole two year course. Uh, it was, I think most, you know, it was completely online because I wouldn't be able to do it any other way. But I did learn a lot. So regardless of a paper, I did learn a lot while doing it and made made connections as well. Because when you're online, you have to like deal with people uh, in teams and stuff and you don't know them. But I made friends even then. So that was a positive also, a plus on studying there. And yeah, I, I, I think um, it all has helped me to try and be a better teacher, which I hope I have uh, improved somewhat. Um, you know, recently, recently, and this is like this month, there was something that happened that, that kind of bummed me out for a couple of days. And then I reached out to Instagram <laughs> and, I, and I posted a question. I've never posted a question before, so I didn't even know how the answers would come in. I posted a question and said, if you had been a student of mine, uh, I because I have uh, former students on my Instagram, 
if you have been a student of mine or are currently a student of mine, tell me if you've learned something from me that was not the subject that I was teaching you. And the number of responses was not the number of students I've had because I don't have everybody, but the ones that I got were so heartfelt and I was crying, to be honest. I was crying when I started reading them. Some of them said that I taught them how to be resilient. Some of them said that I taught them how to be more organized, which is funny because I'm like Superman. Um, some of them said that you taught me that it was okay to fail and keep trying. And, and the, several of them said, you, from you, I learned that is, um, how did they say this? He said, like, from you, I learned that it's very interesting to keep learning, something like that. And they were, they were very, 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 very sweet answers that filled that void that I needed to, like, I needed my bucket filled and from, like, the kids that I've, have gone through, you know, my classes. And it was awesome to see it. And some of the newest students, the ones that I haven't met in person, the ones that we've only been online, some of them answered and said, with you, I learned that online school is not as bad and it can be fun. And I'm like, yay, at least <laughs> one. <laughs> wow, so that is awesome. And, you know, sometimes like you said, you know, it's it's great to have that that happen, you know, get our bucket filled and so on. I don't know if we might have lost audio. Are you, let me see. I'm okay, I'm okay. Oh, there we go. <laughs> just making sure. You know, and that's something that's great, you know, as being a teacher, just that ins that inspiration. And, you know, right now, I mean, I know that there's a lot of teachers that may be feeling down and, and even ourselves, you know, but I know I posted something earlier too. It's, hey, let's check up on our friends. Let's check up on our teacher friends too, because, as teachers, we're so used to just giving all, you know, we, we go all out to do what we can. And, but, you know, it, it's great to have friends. And in this case where you had people reaching out to you and letting you know how inspiring you are. And that's just something that is amazing. And, uh, you know, going back to saying like, you know, I want to be rich, you know, I, I'm going to go back to the, uh, uh, just a story too, as well. You know, for me, once I became a teacher, you know, I thought like, you know, I know I may not be making a lot of money, but I think in the end, you know, the payoff doesn't come, you know, when you have your students in your class, but the payoff comes when you see your students later on or you hear about the successes that they've had. And like you said, it's just you're just planting that seed and the fact that you played, even if it was for one year that you had them or have a semester but you played a part in their formative education or formal education and you see them succeed. It's like, wow, you know, it's something so rewarding about being a teacher that it, it just really, I love it. I love it. And I, like I said, I, I fell in love with education, you know, even having that goal of, you know, wanting to be rich, but you know, things change, paths change. And now, you know, I, I see uh, what I'm hearing you say is just, Re really resonates with me because I, I definitely feel you on that, you know, and, and that. Uh, yeah. So it's something that is so awesome. Well, once, uh, I don't know, some years ago, one of my uncles reads like coffee. <laughs> and he said, like, you know, they, they turn around your cup and then they sort of read what it says. And they told me, like, I'm going to be rich eventually when I'm like super old. So <laughs> I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to do my thing and I'm going to wait for the money to come later. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, speaking of of now, you know, 13 years in education and now also from, you know, going from uh, chemistry and now, uh, you know, Google innovator. So let's talk about that because if yeah. some of you may not know, I mean, Pili is a Google innovator. Pili and I were both in the same cohort, uh, which was a VIA 20. So that was something that is amazing. So shout out to everybody who was here. I know Abbott was here earlier. He was one of the coaches for uh, VIA 20. And, uh, you know, shout out to Global Gag, uh, Global GEG. So it's just amazing what the connections that we've made there. Let's yeah. talk a little bit about that moment, you know, you know. So now you're going through education and then all of a sudden it's like, hey, you know, 
I see a you know this group of people that are out there, you know, online and talking about Google Innovator. Or did you already have, you know, a, some knowledge of Google Innovator and you know Google a Level little, One, Level Two? A little bit. I was um, the school that I work in, the one that I've been for the past twelve years, um, had a change in administration because um, we had a change in principal, and so the new principal. Or I should say the older one. The old ones are the owners of the school, and the newer one is like the their their oldest son. He's the one that's gonna take over the family business, and so he comes in, and he's a business major, so he comes in with like lots of changes and ideas of how to change the school. And one of the things that happened was then when he took over, um, a lot of people that were there from the very beginning started like to to retire and move on. And so new people started coming in. And one of them is my friend and co-leader, Gigi Marcia. And she, I think, along with some others, uh, mentioned about the use of G Suite. So they sell him the idea of implementing G Suite in the school. We had, at the moment, I think we had Schoology as an LMS. And and so they tell him like, this is free. Teachers can certify, you know, can, they can prepare. The preparation is online and it's, and it's for free. You just have to pay for the certification. And so they started to tell us like, you should get certified. Uh, we're gonna pay for your first exam. And so I got, you know, <laughs> uh, being the nerd that I've always <laughs> have been, they tell me, look, learn this and we'll give, we'll give you a test and then you'll get a diploma. And I'm like, go on, let's do this. <laughs> I did level one and level two. And I did know about trainer and innovator. So I wanted to become trainer, but I wasn't sure about it because I'm, I'm a teacher. I'm not going to be like, what is it? Who am I going to be training? I like helping people, but like, am I going to have the space for be an actual trainer in the school or not? They wanted to be a reference school. So they needed a certain number of people. So even the headmaster called me in and said like, can I count on you taking the test like the assessment that the trainer skill assessment that they you know to prepare for trainer and yes or no and i'm like sure why not (laughs) (laughs) and and i got it and i did it and everything and it was 2018 i hadn't finished my application for trainer but the one for innovator came up and marcia this person that i was telling you my co-leader um she kept telling me, you should apply for Innovator. You definitely have what it takes. And I'm like, I don't know. You have to, you had to go to Mexico City. I have a little kid. I don't think I can. It's going to be like super hard. So I, I let it go by. A friend of mine did apply and did get in and did graduate as an Innovator. So she's Mexico 18 cohort. And, and she kept saying, when you get the chance, you should try it out. Maybe you can try it out next year. Um, fast forward 2019, I get finally uh, accepted into a trainer program and I focus on that. And I started giving trainings and they don't pay me for them, by the way. I do them on my own spare time for free <laughs> to my fellow teachers. Um, and I started getting into it. Like I, I learned stuff so that I can pass it around, stuff like that. And then COVID hits, right? Pandemic strikes. And I start uh, getting into, uh, well, I, I, I've, since, I, uh, since I was accepted in the trainer program, I've always kept with the, with the email group. And you know that that is like 40, 50 emails a day. And yeah. I read them all. Right now I don't. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, May. Uh, right now I haven't. Um, I only read those that come from, from the program manager. But I used to read them all. And then I found out, for instance, about people like Georgina, shout out to Georgina, uh, Luis Pertus, and I saw that they were like doing stuff and 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 participating in stuff. And I remember one of the first people that I coincided in a lot of trainings was Robin, Robin Laravie. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I went to, the first thing that I participated on was a kickstarting your GG, because I wanted to have that group of people. And there was no GG here. So I started there and, and then I met 
them in person, you could say online. And then Global GG became a thing. And then I got in and I started meeting all these people and they, they started talking about Via 20. Like Innovator, everybody should sign up for Innovator. If you're a trainer already, why don't you sign up for Innovator? You're not a trainer, then sign up for Innovator anyway. <laughs> They're all these, like they, they were like such a support group to push you forward. Like you should do this. You have good ideas. You're, you're, you're creative. Come on, come on. And I've never had that idea of me like, oh yeah, that's super innovative. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> but they pushed and pushed and pushed. And I was like, I think that if I don't do it, I'm going to regret it. And this time you don't have to travel anywhere. So it's on your own house. So maybe I can do it. And I barely finished on time. Not like Stuart who finished like on the same day that was due the video. Um, but more or less one day before I finished. It seems that that's my time. I always do it like the one day before the due date. And, and yeah, I got in. I have still no idea why. <laughs> but I got in. My project of choice was trying to, and this is something that I have worked at, which is um, make the school listen to the kids more. I mean, they do, but more. They, they, what they listen to is the parents. But usually they, they, we don't have these, these um, culture of student mm -hmm. choice and student voice. And I wanted to highlight a little bit about that. And so my first choice of project was that one. In the end, like they all say, when you're in, in the innovator cohorts, you pivot <laughs> and you change. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think the most important thing that I can say about it is like, I got, I got the impulse to apply because of the group of people that I was hanging out with online. So without Global GG, I definitely don't think that I would have applied. I would have started the application, but probably never finished it. And, and then once you're thrown in with these other people that are so amazing, like you can't believe that there are people we have these awesome ideas like there and with my EdTech Body project or, um, or, or Susanna Summers. And her oh, connecthub.io thing and, and or clay. I mean oh, yeah. yeah. You get thrown into this group of people and you're like one of them. You're like one of the team. And we're like, I don't think I deserve to be here, but okay, I'll take it. Hey, <laughs> but you know what? Sometimes it just works. It just works. Right Shout Abbott. out to <laughs> shout out to Abbott. Yes. It sometimes yeah. it does. Yeah. No, but so, I mean, that's, that's amazing because I mean, you and I, I mean, during the same time, and I, I completely agree with you, Billy, on your statement saying if it wasn't for global GEG, if it, it wasn't for the people there that just push you and they see something in you and encourage you, you know, I, I don't think that, you know, I would have even applied either. Maybe I would have, but you know, that imposter syndrome hits and it's great to have your crew behind you, you know, the, the people there pushing you and, you know, just uh, encouraging you. And it's something that's amazing. And I know Abbott here was probably one of the biggest encouragements along with Louise, actually with so many, but I know Abbott is, is one that stands out because he's always encouraging everybody, you know, just to continue just to do it because he sees the value in it. And we've definitely seen what he's been able to uh, to share with all of us. And so it's just amazing. And so um, it's great. I mean, I just can't believe, I mean, we're both in the same cohort and it's just, sometimes you're like, huh, <laughs> but it's awesome. I keep thinking that one of my, my, um, what he says, best PD experience. <laughs> yeah. Best PD experience you've ever had, multiply it by a million and then you might come close to how awesome Innovator is. I Shout out to Abbott. I still think that some of it gets lost in the online version. I still think that it would have been way more awesome to have this thing in person and probably way more pressure. But I loved the experience. I loved being part of it. You know, the one thing that I took out of the academy that 
I'm so happy to have been part of is this part camp. Because when they sent out the invitation uh, and they said like, anybody can participate and you can talk about anything. At first I was like, what am I going to talk about? Like everybody knows, like I'm learning from these other people. Like what am I going to show them? And they're like, no, you can talk about anything you want. And I'm like, hmm, hmm. Well, maybe chemistry. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's how I ended up uh, giving my 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 spark on the chemistry and food. And I realized after it had happened that a lot of people did not get in, like did not participate, did not sign up. I thought everybody would. And, and a lot of people didn't. And I'm like, well, I'm happy that I took the shot. I think I did very, very well. I had, oh, yeah. I had several... Um, I think more than 20 people in my meet at the moment. I don't know if more people saw it afterwards, but yeah, I, I am very happy to have participated on that. Other than that, I think everybody's experience might've changed, uh, from one thing to another. I think that one of the advantages I had was that I applied in Spanish and then I cheated and got myself changed into the cohort in English. <laughs> Well, I did cheat. I actually couldn't make it to the Spanish uh, meets. And so they helped me out and they traded. But I don't think that if I had applied in English, I don't think I would have been accepted because there were so many more awesome projects in English, in yeah. English language, and they were like a bigger pool. So I think I did have kind of like a, an advantage there. No, that is awesome, Philly. But and, yeah, uh, but I ended up being there, so that's okay. <laughs> Yeah. And like, you know, it's like I said, it's we continue to grow and more than anything, we continue to be inspired by other educators um, and even non-educators that maybe they're in uh, that are Google innovators. And it's just been an amazing learning experience. And it definitely helps you build your your social skills for sure. More than anything, you continue to learn, which is always something that's very important to just continually have that growth mindset and not be afraid to ask questions. And I think that it's very rare that you'll find a group that just totally gets you. Like they understand like where you're coming from because they're the same ones that may seem like outsiders, you know, within their district or wherever it is that they work because they're like, all oh, those ideas, they, they just don't work. Or maybe they see the ideas as being too out of the box and not conform to what they or what people think that, education should be and so it's just been great to find your tribe you know like melissa you know summerford also like she did a presentation and it's just about finding your tribe and it's just been amazing like abbott says here you know pilly i mean totally you know you were totally there on merit and that's just something that is amazing so you know having that growth mindset like shannon says and i think that you know i myself i don't know how you may feel i'm pretty sure you feel the same way but i mean we definitely are you know, I guess you'd say indebted to Global GEG in that sense and being part of something so special uh, as what they've been able to build and being involved and helping each other out. I mean, it just really has been a growing experience that helps equip you. And I think that that's something that is amazing because you definitely come out better equipped. And it's like the, the proverb says, you know, iron sharpens iron and we're definitely continually sharpening our skills each and every day with what everybody has to offer through Global GEG. So it's just been amazing. Yeah, it's like Luis says that we're like-minded wacos, right? It's yes, yes, for sense. sure. Yeah, we're like-minded wacos. It's, it, it has been at the same time so rewarding to be in this group. And also it has bummed me out that we can't have that everywhere. You know, that if if this group of people so awesome that we have from all over the world, we could have that same amount of support and love that we have in our work, each and every one of us, would it, wouldn't our work would be so much better? Yeah, yeah, most, I agree. Most of us say like, oh, we, like I got to go to the job that pays. I would rather stay with everybody says that in global GG. Like I'd rather why don't we do this? Why don't we make this a profitable thing? Because <laughs> we hey. enjoy working with each other. 
and yeah. and and we don't have that because we don't choose there we don't choose in the work like who's going to be surrounding me so we have to just adapt and overcome probably and in the in the group where we are at right now with global you have that love you have that support you have uh that knock on the head when you need it or the pat in the back when when you feel like you're feeling down so it's an amazing group that I wish everybody would have that. So that's why I keep inviting people over to participate. <laughs> I wish they would know how awesome it is to be part of this group. And yeah, I'm indebted, like you said, to Global, to the people in Global, to the leaders, to the founders, and everybody who um, who was there encouraging us and cheering for us and asking us, like, did you get, did you get your response? Did you get in? <laughs> Are you an innovator or not? And it's awesome. It's, it's an awesome group. Yeah, it sure is. Well, Billy, thank you so much for spending, you know, an evening with us and with all our audience members. And thank you guys for, you know, those of you that were participating in the chat. Thank you to Shannon. Big shout out to Abbott, to Mel, to I, Sonia. Yeah. yeah, Sonia, who's joining us here. Gerardo, profe, mucho gusto. Gracias que estás aquí con nosotros. Un abrazo fuerte para ti. Thank you so much to everybody here, to all of you that are listening or are going to listen to this later. You know, I, I just want to leave you with this. I mean, I know maybe it, it, this show is just a wonderful personal journey for one of my friends uh, or dear friends that we have grown to know each other a lot more and even collaborate and be part of something special, you know. But I, I just want to encourage you sometimes, you know, when we may be feeling down, Maybe reflect on those things that got you to where you are and, and lit that passion for you in the first place to help, you know, refuel and, and just, you know, I guess, um, I guess reboot, you would say, and, and just find that fire, light that fire, stoke that fire and reach out to others in your community as well, your social networks, your professional learning networks and so on and check in on them and get some new ideas because, you know, I know it's a tough it's a tough time right now, especially for teachers just giving so much and so much and maybe a lot of expectations that it really drains you. But, you know, something like today, you know, just remembering where you were, where you came from and why you do what you do, like Billy shared with us, is something that's amazing. And Billy, like this has definitely been uh, an inspirational hour for me as every show that I do is a, my personal PD to myself, but it's a personal PD for everybody that is watching or listening to this. Thank you so much, sincerely from the bottom of my heart for opening up and sharing your story and may this story also be uh, something inspirational for many others that will be watching this later. Uh, Billy, maybe any last words that or anything you'd like to share before we, we sign off? Uh, a couple of things. Well, first, Thank you so much for inviting me. I love your show. So and I've been watching it since like you first shared like, oh, I have this show. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> several months ago. So I'm very happy to have been part of it. And so thank you for inviting me. And the other thing that I was going to say is that uh, what you mentioned, like you, you might need to reach out within your community. Sometimes, uh, most of the times we take the that easy road and we, we expect others to come to us. But if you want, and this is what helped me come out of my shell, if you want to be friends with that one teacher that you think has a very good way of explaining, you want to learn from something from that person, then reach out to them. They might very likely want to share what they're doing with you. <laughs> and we're all, like you said, we're all about giving. And so teachers usually will help each other. And, and that's how we grow. That's how we grow. We eventually reciprocate in the things that we're learning, which is what I'm trying to do. I try, I've grabbed so much from so many people that I'm trying to give a little bit back um, every time that anybody needs something. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right? that is awesome. Well, guys, I just wanted to show you we do have a website that you can go to so you can go ahead and catch all our shows. If you go to www.myedtech.life, you can go ahead and watch all our previous shows or listen to them. 
through several of our podcast players. If you notice, we are all on all of these podcast players. And if you're ever interested on being on the show, go ahead and hit contact and you can shoot us an email. You can also uh, show some listener support. You can visit our store and all that good stuff. But here is where you'll be able to go ahead and find this show in a couple of minutes. It'll be uploaded and it'll be ready to go to share with the world. And again, Pili, thank you so much for being here. Guys, our audience members, thank you so much. This will be our last show of 2020. So what better way to close out the year than with the amazing Pili Hernandez and sharing her personal journey in education and on becoming a Google innovator. We won't be back till January 6th. So stay tuned for that. And thank you so much for making this year just an amazing year. I know it has been very difficult. And thank you so much for all of you guys that have been uh, supporting the show, watching the show. Big shout out to Stacy. Big shout out to Mel, to Abbott again, to Shannon, to Frederick, to uh, Darren, all of you guys that have shown your love and support for the show as we continue to move forward and just bring you educator stories. You know, my tech life is just about connecting educators one show at a time, not just to hear the amazing things that they're doing, but to really get to know educators. Everybody has a story and everybody's story is different, but everybody's story is worth listening to. So thank you so much, guys. And we'll see you guys in 2021. But until next time, stay techy, my friends. Hold up. Hold up.